find our text there this morning. Philippians <laughs> chapter 2. Amen. You pray for me that God will use me this morning. Make me a blessing to you today. Here. If you don't do it, it won't be done. Simple as that. Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you once again, Lord, for another time. We come back to the house of God to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray, God, you lead God and direct us. Help us with our thoughts this morning. God, help, our, help us keep our minds stayed upon you and upon the uh, preaching of the word of God. We might get something to take home with us today uh, to fill our heads on, Lord, to rest within the God. Lord, whatever happens, we'll praise you for it. Above all things, Lord, save that soul that might be here this morning. Lord, and undone without the Savior. Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen and amen. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Philippians 2 and verse 1. If there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, oh, there's consolation in Christ, I guarantee that. If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Notice that. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each, or each one of us, esteem other, others better than ourselves, than themselves. Amen. I'll preach on that this morning. Let each esteem others, others better than themselves. Amen. That means to look to help others before you help yourself. Don't put yourself up front all the time. Don't do that. You know, a good mother or a daddy will never, a good mother or daddy will never eat everything up like the kids will hungry. They'll not do that. I've seen my mother and she said, well, I'm not too hungry. You don't go with me. I knew she was hungry. Amen. But she, she let us have it. If there was a, a something there that we all liked, she let us eat. A dessert there, she let us have it. She sat back and watched us. You know, I, I've done the same thing my kids, same thing. If you love your children, you'll do that. You'll esteem your children above yourselves. Now, I, I woe to a man or a woman to sit back and enjoy everything and not share with their children. I, I've got no use for that. None whatever. You, you need to get right with God if you're like that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, let, let the children have the last pork chop. Don't eat it yourself. If they're hungry, let them eat it. Amen. You can go hungry a little bit. A lot of us can go hungry for a long time. Wouldn't hurt us a bit, would it? Amen. <laughs> Lose a little of this excess weight. I try to watch my weight. I do. I really do. And I tell you what happens. If you watch your weight and you eat, uh, you start out and you cut your, your menu back a little bit, after a while your stomach will adjust to it and you don't get that hungry. I, they tell me you stump the stomach wax or shrink if you don't stuff it all the time. But when you keep it blowed out, boy, I mean, that thing is just more and more and more. And so you got to learn how to eat in moderation. Well, the Bible says that all things be done in moderation. Amen. Just don't go hog wild and pig crazy over everything you lay your hands on. Amen. Learn how to eat, feed yourself in the right way, but always put your children first. Amen. And you men put your wife before yourself. That's right. Well, she usually puts herself, puts you before herself. 
So you, you back part on her. You, you, you put her before yourself. Put the whole family before yourself. Man's the head of the house. And so he needs to act like it and look like it. Amen? Here's another one. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 33. The Bible said, even as I please all men in all things. Paul's saying this here. Of the, of inspiration of the Almighty, of course. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. So what we do in goodness and kindness, we're actually supposed to look to that person's salvation. We're doing it to get uh, to get uh, get their hand in the thing, amen. Get their mind on the right thing. You treat people good, good things will happen to you, amen. The church treats people good; they'll come back after a while. They'll get right with God. That's what it's dealing with. So show people that you care for them. Do go out of the way to help them, and uh, you might win their uh, their confidence. You, the Bible says, "Have no confidence in flesh." So you got to build that confidence up in person. And goodness will do it faster than anything. Love and kindness will do it faster than anything. So don't you really care? They feel that too. Even a lost person can feel compassion. You know that? Yeah, you can feel compassion. When you walk into a church, you got a bunch of people in the church that don't care whether it rains or snows or whatever happens, they just don't care. Uh, you're not going to feel much love and kindness in that church. You really won't. And it'll make a difference. Maybe in somebody's soul, either going to heaven or hell. Amen. I've heard people say, well, I've been to that church. That's the most unfriendly bunch I've ever seen in my life. I don't want to go back to that church. I've been to churches like that. They were just unfriendly. And you just didn't feel wanted. They just look at you and never agree or just look at you. And you just don't feel wanted at all. And you get to where you can't wait to get out of there. Yeah, amen. I, we were in a church like, kind of like that down in Florida. And they were giving away M&Ms to the visitors. Bag of M&Ms. To the visitors. And so I got up and left as soon as it was over and went out there and somebody said, Come out uh, and I want to kick you. And I said, Hey, a preacher sent you in and take them back. I don't want any demon in. Well, I'm going to be preached to a little bit. We didn't get that. People need to be preached to. And they need to want to be preached to. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the focus. Uh, uh, the main focus of a service is for the preaching of the Word of God. You can have all the good singing you ever would want to have. Uh, you can have the best uh, best auditorium in the country, uh, biggest and the best, a big crowd. But if you don't have any preaching, you don't have anything. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching and saving them which believe. Amen? So we've got to focus in on preaching today, don't we? Amen? Let, let, let each esteem other better than themselves. Put put yourself dead last, everybody else right on top. That's what he's saying. Uh, you, you take seconds when everybody else that first old fellow. Amen. Acts 20, verse 35, he said, Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. Or blessed to give than to receive. More happiness to give than to receive. You're happy when you're giving. You're at your happiest when you're giving to people. I know that's hard for you, your heart to get your head to do that. You know, it's don't line all line up on it. You know, you say, Well, I really, I'm going to watch my money. I better watch what I do. I mean, I might be, be, be left uh, not holding the bag if I'm not careful how I give. No, you might be left holding more of the bag. You might be left holding two bags. Because God, God can, uh, he can make that thing grow if he wants to. God can take your little income and make it big. Amen. I had a friend in the church one day. He said, it's not what you make, uh, Arma, it's how you use what you make. That makes sense, doesn't it? 
It's how you use what you make. Well, if you're living for God, he'll help you use it right. He'll help you use it right. He will now, can he? But let me read that again. He said, even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And what Paul's saying here to the church at Corinth, he said, I, I, you know, I, I, I give and uh, I help and, and I do what I can do. And I put myself second and everybody else first. He said, I do these things that they might be saved. They may see that I care, that I'm concerned, that I have true love for them, compassion for them. I'm helping them out a little bit, you know. And it does, it helps them out. Oh, uh, who was it? Uh, 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 Baal started the Salvation Army. Oh, General Baal. Yeah, yeah. no, Einstein was an inventor. I don't think he even say it. He was a womanizer. Booth. Einstein. Booth. Booth, yeah, yeah. Uh, Booth. Uh, he uh, he started the uh, Salvation Army, him and his wife did. When they come out of Bible college, they said, I had them all stand and sell what they want their mission to be. And they said, well, well, we want to go down into the ghettos of London, England, and, and reach the down and outers. That's, the, that's what God laid on their hearts. And boy, they did. They started the Salvation Army and, and did a great job, you know, giving and, and, and getting things done. But he said, I find that if you'll give somebody a good meal, they'll listen to you. Somebody needs something for their nourishment, they'll listen to you. If you'll feed them and take care of them, you know, they need a coat to wear their coat. You give them your coat. That's why Jesus said, if they ask for your coat, give me a cloak too. That's what he said, didn't he? Amen. So giving, you know, giving, it'll get the job done. It will. Uh, we've never charged anything for our camp. Never. Not for a meal have we ever charged a dime. I tell you, some of them charge. They do. And some of them have a cover charge. When you go in, you have to pay so much. Pay so much right there and there. Sign the register. They have a register, and you pay so much to sign that register. I've been mean, meets like that. Thirty-five, forty dollars cover your meals and and a little what little sleeping uh, quarters you got, and you have to pay for them. We've never done that. Never. I've had people say, "Well, you don't charge. You want to let people register and charge them to register?" I said, "I'm not in it for money. I'm in it for the Lord. I'm in it for the glory of God." And God has blessed that these 36 years right. that we've been going in camp meeting, God has blessed that. Last uh, year, somebody said, Why, well, you'll never get $20,000 offered out of this crap. Well, we did. Two meetings, we got 40000 now. Never had it back or nothing. God, God spoke to hearts and they gave it. And we used every penny of it for the glory of God. Every penny of it to pay the cost and get people love offers and help this and that. We use every penny. We never carry out dimes to the banks and uh, use it for something else. Stalls, gold, everything. God just keeps blessing and blessing and blessing. Read George Mueller's autobiography. You, know, you talk about something that'll set you uh, thinking and how, how God sent him money in. I'm telling you, unbelievable. Millions of dollars back in the 1840s, 50s, back in our 60s. And great, great use of God. Be built. One of the biggest orphanages there was in England, and 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 literally raised those orphans up and schooled them and fed them and educated them and a lot of them went into the ministry. A lot of them became business people. I mean, it's amazing how God used them. And we still serve the same God. Right. He's got the same giving heart now as he had back then. He still wants to give now, just like he did back then. But he wants to give us something that'll glorify him. Him, he's a jealous God. He said, oh, my name is jealous. Yeah. That's what the word said. And he's a jealous God. And he wants you to glorify him. He owns everything. 
You know what you give to him, he'll give it right back to you. I got all the gold and silver his, the prophet Michael said. Every penny that's in this old world belongs to God. Amen. He owns everything. Praise God. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to know we serve a, the living God. Amen. I have no doubts about it. Amen. When we learn, let me say this, when we learn to give, then we'll know how to live. Amen. When you learn to give, you'll know how to live then. You'll know how to live around people. You will. You'll know how to uh, 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 see, uh, see down deep in somebody's heart that has a need and you'll help him. You'll help them. You'll help her. Whoever it might be. When you learn how to live yourself and live a good life for the Lord and, and live a, a, a you, you give to the Lord and give to people and help people. Amen. Well, I told you that little story about that old, that old bum and I was walking down through a, a, a Lexington one morning about daylight. I'd gotten off a bus and going to hitchhike on in eastern Kentucky. Bus had a five hour layover. I said, I'm not going to sit here for five hours. So I got out. And about, at that time, 64 wasn't finished. This is back before I met my wife, back in the early 60s. And I was going to get on, try to get on 64 and get the hitchhike and give me a ride, you know, from there into Olive Hill, Kentucky. And I was going down the street and seeing this little bummy looking boy. Oh, God, I had a big old sack of rides. Look, I'm going back, carrying him. And I said, hey, buddy, can you tell me how to get on that new stretch of 64? He said, follow me. So he took me right down into the ghetto, so Lexington. Uh, Uh-oh, boys don't look good here. And he stopped, looked back and said, you got any money? Uh, no, why? He said, here, picked out a half a dollar. I said, here, get you something to eat. I fell off. I said, no, a lot of people would have took that and take it. I said, no, I don't need it. Thank you anyway. That's, That's fine. I don't need it. They put it back in the pocket. But see, a lot of times we look at people, how they look, they don't look suiting, and you don't think there's anything to them. And a lot of times you won't even put forth effort to help a bummy looking person. You want to help somebody that's all dressy looking and everything. And they don't even need help. If they're dressy, why do they need help for? If they're, look, if, they're, uh, if they're walking around like a millionaire and driving a big, nice car, they don't need help. I mean, down and out of need help, don't they? I appreciate old David X, the minister he had. Now he goes in them prisons, you know, and preaches the prisons. And he's dedicated to He gets a lot of work done for the Lord. Amen. I appreciate David. But he'll be in our camp meeting this year, too. Amen. But when we learn to give, then we'll know how to live. Amen. And then when you put others before you, you'll never, you'll never, ever be blue. It does something to you. Joy of the Lord bubble over inside of you. I tell you, I've always, I've always felt better when I gave somebody something than when somebody gave me something. Really, I'm serious. Man, I, mean, I feel God. People give me stuff too. I don't care. I mean, I don't have to have it, but somebody gives me something, I appreciate it. I don't care how big it is or how little it is. I appreciate it. I do. Amen. I do. And sometimes I feel guilty about taking it, you know. But then you'll, you'll hurt somebody's feelings if you turn it down. So you got to be careful on giving and, and getting, don't you? You really do. You have to be careful. You don't want to hurt anybody. And somebody might give you something. You know, Jack Kyle said one time that a little boy bought him a, brought him a bottle of beer wow. to Sunday school and got it off his daddy. He said, I'm going to give this to you, brother. How little old boy? He said, well, thank you. He said, well, I didn't know what to do. He said, so I said, well, honey, you brought that me. I brought this to you. Well, thank you, honey. I really don't drink it. He said, but I'll take it. He said, I took it to it out. But, you know, there was a thought behind that, wasn't it? That little boy didn't know what beer was. He didn't know nothing. He brought it to his preacher, give him a bottle of beer. He just stood out and said, well, thank you, honey, anyway. 
the right uh, altitude. God will lift you up. Amen? He'll lift you up and place you in a place a little higher up. That's where you can be used and you can be seen for his glory. Yeah! God, you think God don't want people to see you? That's why you need to dress neat and look good. Amen? People's going to see you. They're going to look at you. Look at that old cat going around half naked. Why? He went down there to take a little check and back to church. I bet everyone was dressed like that. Do you think people don't talk like that? Am I right? Don't people talk like that? They'll judge the entire church over one or two in the church. That's very good for you. I used to get me right in there years ago when I was lost. Well, I know him. My God, if he's going there, I won't go there. I've said that myself back before I got saved. Yeah. So it pays to be on your P's and Q's in the Christian. Don't you? Look good, talk that good, that right. Amen. Spit wise. Amen. <laughs> I didn't get that, did you? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He said, Paul said there for the church of Galatia, he said, Only use not liberty. Now, the Bible said, The Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. That's why he's talking about liberty. Liberty you get in Christ. You have liberty in Christ. Liberty to live for. You have liberty to live for God. Liberty to live the life that God wants you to live. Amen. Liberty. But Paul said, don't use that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Well, I'm saved. God ain't going to kill me for doing this or that. I don't know about that. He can't be wants to. Amen. Well, I took a little drink of beer, but I don't think God might. He will too. Oh, you got liberty. You're saved. You're saved. You're sealed up until the day of redemption. And you, you're going to have your heaven bound with a hammer down. But I'm telling you right now, God, I want you to look right when you go downtown. Amen. Not like the rest of the wine and oils and the drunks. Uh, you need to you know, treat them good and talk to them about the Lord, but you don't need to look like them. You should look like them. You should have a good testimony. Good, upright testimony. You ought to look right. Amen. You know, day and time we're living, everybody can be dressed. My God, they didn't have goodwill and all that stuff back when I was a boy. You had nothing. Patches and shoes. I put, I put cardboard and rubber. I stood up on <coughs> black rubber. Shoes, you know, put my shoe and garden holes in them. Keep the water oozing up through the holes in the bottom of my shoes. I came to truth. That's back in the late 40s and 50s. I'm telling you, right now, it was a hard time. Depression was still on, really. It, it stopped for about three or four years because of World War II. They come right back after the war was over because they were making all that weaponry for the entire world. Am I right? And, and they had all kinds of money coming in, but just as soon as that weaponry stopped, here comes the depression right back. We were right in the middle of it. My daddy and his brother one time hitchhiked up in West Virginia to try to get a job in the coal mines. You know, he had no money by my ID. They took a jar of peanut butter and a box of crackers. And that's what they ate for three days. Yeah. Peanut butter and crackers. Think about that. They stopped and them peanut butter crackers and go on. Trying to get a job in the coal mine. Coal mines were in hard. I've seen some hard times, I have. Some of y'all know what hard times are. You think if you run out of pop, you're broke. You're in depression. You got no pop in the, in the house. My God, you mean we don't have any pop? What's this world going to come to? There's no Coca Cola around. Am I right? It's true. No popsicles. Well, we should have a popsicle. What's, what's wrong with this household? There ain't no popsicles around. <laughs> I didn't even have a nickel to get anything back when I was a kid. 
I found a quarter one time and I run with it as fast as I could go to keep it away from everybody else before they, they might want some of it. A quarter, this is back about 1962. A quarter was worth quite a dollar back then. It's now more. Well, you buy a ballpark. Yeah. I go I go to the theater when I was a little boy. We had a little village theater there in Olive Hill. And I go to get them, uh, go see out on Rocky Lane on Saturday matinee and hop along Cashney. And mommy would give me a quarter. I got in on 15 cents. I got me a candy bar and a Coke with the other day for a quarter. You can't even, I tell you, you can't even use one of them weighing machines for a quarter now, can you? Amen. Liberty. The Paul said, don't use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh or to satisfy the flesh. He said, because you're a Christian, don't you satisfy the flesh. How many people do that? Oh, I know, I better not do this, and I better now. But don't do it. If you feel like you ought not to do it, don't do it at all. That's your flesh. You put your flesh in submission. Am I right? Put it in, take take possession of your flesh. Don't let your flesh have anything. If you let it have anything, you take them out. Don't do that. Paul said to have no confidence in the flesh. He wasn't just talking about somebody else's flesh. He was talking about your flesh, too. My flesh and his flesh. Have no confidence in your flesh. That's what he's talking about here. He said, use no should be doing for the flesh. Don't do that because you got liberty in the Lord. Yeah. Amen. But by love, serve one another. But by love, serve one another. Serve one another. Do for one another. Amen. Boy, I bet you you're happy when you do that. You know, you give somebody something that has a need, you walk away, you just feel so good, don't you? Huh? Yeah. I had a fellow one time out here and he said, boy, what am I going to do? I said, what? He said, we used to have prayer. That back when we used to have prayer on the, uh, we have a thing on Thursday morning for those that worked uh, of a night shift, and we have a meeting on Thursday morning. And we'd have 15, 16 people come out. And that, we were that we were leaving to go in our bed sure. He said, uh, I ain't got nothing to save my life here. I'm gonna cut my lights off on you. I said, my God, I don't want that. I said, how much you need? It'll be about twenty dollars. I said, my God, here. I just give him a twenty dollar bill in my pocket. Tickle him to death. Tickle him to death. So he had the money to pay his light bill. I remember that's all he had back when I was a boy was a light bill because nobody had we had a smokehouse for our meat. We hold our taters up in the ground. You remember holding taters up? You could hold up pears, apples, anything if you didn't do it right. And all we had was a, we didn't have no refrigerator, we didn't have nothing. all we had was a light. Just one light. And we had a bill for it. Money. <laughs> he still thought a light bill. What I'm saying though, you might think it's a little thing. Giving a person $20 pay the light, that's a big thing to you. You get to the place where they say, I'm going to cut your lights off if you don't pay your light bill right today. How much is it? $20. You don't have 20 that's like not having a million, dude. You want, you've got to kind of enlarge things when you look at it. Don't destroy it all the time. He'll be all right. Everything turned out all right for him. Yeah, I might not. Remember I? No, you help that person. Give to that person. Help that person. Amen? Let me say this here. Love is the greatest element in the Christian realm. Love makes up the Christian realm. Without love, we don't have anything. 1 John 4, verse 7. I got to hurry. 1 John 4, and verse 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth born of God, uh-oh, and knoweth God. Everyone that loveth is 
born of God and knoweth God. Uh, that's right. That's right. Something because that let us love one another. Amen. Love is of God. God is love. The Bible says. God is love. He dwells in God dwells in love because God is love. And so old Sireball, you run you can read the same. Those that are just sour, never smile, never just never cut up and laugh. Never, I like to cut up and laugh a few. I do, I love it. Well, sometimes back here in the study, we just get to laughing on something. Remember, we have a ball back there. I love to do that. Happy, but a merry heart doeth good, the Bible says, like a medicine. I, I've seen people that could come in, you'd be sad, and you'd have sickness and everything, and they get to talking and telling you jokes and everything. Well, you know, boy, you just feel so good. That's that merry heart. You get a merry heart, you're going to be all right. Amen. That's right. Uh, a, a, a happy heart, uh, a spirit, a healthy spirit will sustain your infirmity. Yeah. That's Bible. It'll sustain. You might have infirmity in your flesh, but having a healthy spirit will sustain it. He'll hold it in check. He'll hold it in check to where you can enjoy your life. It'll do it now. Amen. This is an important message here. Love. I said. I said, love is the greatest element there is in the Christian realm. Without love, you don't have anything. If everybody hates everybody, you ain't got nothing. Everybody come to church and look at each other like, a, like you want to bite your nose off. I had a guy that used to come to our church years ago, and one day I said, well, I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you're here. He said, well, I, 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 I made it. I'm here. Amen. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. I go, let me see, let me get it here. Love is an enemy of the devil because it places you and I. Love this. Now, love this one. Love is an enemy of the devil because love places you and I on a different level. So, therefore, it's an enemy of the devil. When you're standing up to the Lord, the devil hates you. He hates anybody who's for the Lord. He hates Christians. He hates Christianity. He, he does everything he can to, to, to do away with Christianity. Don't you see how the devil works in politics? My God, you can't see him in politics. Boy, you're blind as a bat. He hates, he hates the church. Uh, you know what would tickle this, uh, most of this rotten <coughs> platform today? If they could get charged over the offerings of the church. See? Now, if it was just the Baptist problem, they get it. But they got the Catholics to deal with it. Amen. They're not going to get that money. That money goes to the Pope. We've been at war, I think, back in the day. I'm not justifying Catholics. I'm not doing it, but I'm telling you, they, they put us all in the same ball. They put Baptist, Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, on and on. We're all church to them. We've all got big money coming in in the offerings, and the government wants to get their hands in the coffers. My right, brother? The fact. What is that? That's a stinking devil in them. That's where the line comes from. Jesus said, The devil's a liar and the father of a lie. That's right. He's the one that builds up lines in government. He's the one, he works in high places. He says he works in high places. He's up there in high government working, doing what he can do to. To, uh, rid the, the world of Christianity. He knows he had but a short time, buddy. He ain't got much time left. 
because the Lord gets him by the neck and drag him down the streets and gets a hold of the hatch of hell. Only God can do that. Pulls that hatch back and whop, slams him down in there. Sets a seal upon him for a thousand years in hell. You know that's coming. Hell, later on, he's going to jerk him out of there and put him in the lake of fire. Amen. That's a jailhouse, sir. He's going to go to the penitentiary eventually. Amen. Come on. Say something. My God. <clears throat> I said, John 3 King said, And this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. How can you love God, the Bible says, and not love your brother? How can you love God whom you haven't seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? Huh? Oh, I just love God. I love God. Never give a damn. See, I ain't even Bella has. And I love God. Yeah, don't come to church half the time. I, you know, people like that, I think, are lost. I think, how can you have God inside? You have that kind of disposition. How can you? God is literally inside of you. And the Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, you're none of his. That's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ is. That's God's Spirit. He's inside of every born again believer. He's there for reading. He, he helps you along the trail. If you get him out there, you go right back to what you all, uh, always did. And, and then he's there to take you home and be with the Lord when you die. He takes your spirit and soul and he, he takes you up. Amen. He takes you to glory when you die. God does it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Listen, has your stains been washed yet? Yeah. Are they still there for people to see? Praise God, you won't see my stains. They're washed. Hallelujah. Everything. Praise God. I'm proud of being a Christian. Number three, my last point. Love holds together the church of God. And when one goes astray, it's it. Love serves as a rod. Let me read it. How would you get this? Love holds together the church of God. And when one goes astray, it serves as a rod. A rod of discipline loves us. And listen, how can love do it? God can do it through the love of God. Listen to what, listen to what the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. He said, For the love of Christ constraineth us. It constrains us. Amen. We get out of line and the love of God grabs you and constrains you. Holds you back from doing things you shouldn't do. He constrains us. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Love of God. God's love. Remember what I'm saying. God's love. He dwells in God's wealth in love. See, that love is there. That love is what constrains you from doing things that you wouldn't do in the sight of the devil to please the lousy flesh. But that love constrains you from doing it. It becomes a rod. A rod of chastisement. The love of God will do that to you. And do that for you. Amen. I say bless the Lord for that. Amen. Love is the strongest constraint found in the land. Its power is greater than iron bands. It works on the heart when nothing else can. Because it's the greater part of God's salvation plan. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for enabling me to preach today. Well, I pray, God, what we've said about what we said here this morning, God will help the, the people here this morning, help the children of God and everybody's here, dear God. 
It'll do a work in our in our lives if we allow it to. And we'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.